Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Red FM. Hello and welcome to the Sunday edition of the Big Red Bench. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley here with you for the next hour. I've got a roundup of all the day's sporting action for you, plus reaction to the Cork footballers' win against Kildare this afternoon. We're also going to hear from Graham Rowntree about Munster's Trifest win over Zebra on Friday night, plus lots more besides. You can get in touch with me here in the studio about anything from tonight's show. We are at Big Red Bench on X, or you can send me a WhatsApp on 0868104106. So while you're doing that, let's get into it. with Gaelic Games and Cork took on Kildare in a huge clash at Super Volume Parky Cueve this afternoon. It was Cork who emerged as winners with the final scoreline reading Cork 2.15 to Kildare 3.9 and we'll have post-match reaction from the game coming up for you later on in the show. Before that the Cork under 20s also play Kildare with the full-time score in that game Cork 13 points to Kildare 1 goal and 11 points. There were two games down for decision in the Premier League today. Bournemouth came out 2-0 winners from their clash with Burnley at 1 o'clock. Adam Diori has the full-time report from Turf Moor. Burnley nil, Bournemouth 2. The Cherries pick up their first league win of 2024 with a battling display against the Claret side that surely have too much to do to survive. Their first came on 13 when a long ball fell to Cliver, who had the pace and composure to create space and blast the ball home. Burnley created numerous chances to score. They even had a goal ruled out for a foul in the build-up, but the game was ended as a contest on 88 when Semenyo scored on the counter to secure a win that moves the Cherries 11 points clear of the drop. Full-time at Turf Moor, Burnley nil, Bournemouth 2. The blockbuster match of the day was the Manchester Derby where Premier League champions Manchester City entertained Manchester United at the Etihad. United took an early lead through Marcus Rashford but a big second half push from City saw the home side take the win by three goals to one. Peter Smith has the full-time report. City 3, United 1. This is a case of City grinding out the win. They fell behind to a goal of outstanding quality when Marcus Rashford fired in from 25 yards and 8 minutes. They found chances hard to come by. Haaland missed a sitter from 2 yards out before the break. But in the second half, Foden stepped up with a brilliant double, levelling with a stunning 20-yard drive before scoring a second following a slick interchange with Alvarez. Haaland sealed the win in stoppage time after Rob have dispossessed Amrabat. City 3, United 1. Meanwhile, in the Scottish Premier League, Celtic have missed out on the opportunity to go top of the table as they lost 2-0 away to Hearts. Hearts manager Stephen Naismith told Sky Sports News it was a great performance from his players. I thought we were brave, we were good on the ball. In the moments that we we get asked the question, we sell to express, are we going to be good enough? And I think today we showed that. Obviously it was a jam-packed game in terms of events, but uh, overall I think we deserved the win. The Irish women's 4x400m relay team are preparing for a World Indoor Championships final tonight in Glasgow. After recording a national record time in their semi-final this morning, they'll take to the track for that race at half past eight this evening. Sarah Lavin goes in the semi-finals of the 60m hurdles at 20-7 after winning her heat this morning. Finally to basketball in the InsureMyVan.ie Super League, UCC Demons took on energy-wise Ireland Neptune in a huge clash at the Mardike Arena this afternoon. That game has ended 101 points to 94 points in favour of Demons. 
Elsewhere in the misquote.ie Super League, Trinity Beatiers hosted, hosted the address UCC Glanmire and the final score in that game saw the Cork side take the win by 85 points to 54. Okay, that's your roundup. I mentioned this on our Big Red Bench Twitter earlier, the Bahrain Grand Prix. I am going to be talking about it later on in the show, but I know for a fact that there are lots of passionate F1 fans in Cork. So do reach out to us on X at Big Red Bench or send us a WhatsApp on 0868104106 and tell me this and tell me no more. What did you make of the first Grand Prix of the season? Lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts out there. While you're gathering those thoughts, let's debrief Cork's win against Kildare this afternoon. Ger McCarthy was on the sidelines for us at Super Valley Parky Cueve. Here's his On the Whistle full-time report. Chair McCarthy for Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench reporting to you live from Super Valley Parky Cueve at today's Allianz National Football League Division 2 clash between Cork and Kildare which has ended in a victory for the Rebels Cork 2-15 Kildare 3-9 two wins out of two for John Cleary's side despite a poor first half display which was followed by a much improved second period effort in which the Rebels built on last weekend's big win up in Fermanagh Brian O'Driscoll started for a Cork team in which Conor Corbett Colin McCallan and Chris O'Jones were equally impressive but it was Tommy Walsh and Corbett's goals that proved crucial on a day John Cleary's defence conceded three green flags to the bottom place county in Division 2. As I said, a much improved second half effort from the Cork team with fantastic scores coming from different sections of the pitch, including uh, Brian O'Driscoll, Roy McGuire, Kevin Flav, Chris O'Jones, Conor Corbett, Conor McCallan, Brian Hurley and Tommy Walsh. It's Cork who have made it two wins out of two and have moved away from the bottom of the Division 2 table, looking upwards rather than over their shoulders. Their final two league matches coming up in the next couple of weeks away to me and at home to Armagh, but for now, it is Cork who are delighted with this particular victory. 2.15 to 3.9 over Kildare at Super Valley Parky Cueve in the Allianz National Football League Division 2. I'm Jeremy McCarthy for Corkshire FM's Big Red Bench. Let's hear now from each of the team managers. First up, Cork boss John Cleary and then Kildare manager Glenn Ryan. Sean, what did you say at halftime? Who disappointed Ryan with the first half performance? I didn't say an awful lot, actually. I'd say the lads knew it themselves, you know. And... Um, Again, we felt, look, we, we really hadn't got out of the blocks and we're only a point down. I think the goal before halftime was a fierce fill-up for the lads, you know. And uh, I think even inside at halftime, you know, the mood was, lads, look, we can't continue on like this. And, and look, in fairness, they took the game by the scuff of the neck the start of the second half. And, you know, when we got on top, um, we could have probably won by more. Such was our dominance in the second half. We let them in for maybe a soft goal again. But I thought... Um, you know, we were much better in the second half, all right, chap. Big positive is the number of scores you had today weren't over earned in two or three home part. Is that going to the next period? Actually, look, you know, I suppose in one respect, you don't mind who gets the scores if, you know, if if if, if you get them on the board. Um, I didn't realise, now that there was that, that there was maybe that amount of of scores. Uh, but look, we definitely, when we look back on it, we, we'll be happy with it, chap. I suppose, John, like it was all doom and gloom up to a couple of weeks ago, and everyone was talking about the end of everything, right? Two weeks, or just over one week, two wins, not secure, but things are looking a lot better, aren't they? Yeah, look, I suppose we, we, we did feel we weren't playing horribly bad. You know, on another day, we'd have got something out of the lot on Cavan games, and, you know, it. it all we decided to do then within the group was concentrate on the next match, the next match. And I suppose, look, we did get a bit of a break uh, in, in Fermanagh game that looked like to be going away for us, from us and we got a goal in injury time to get us over the line. And I think in the second half there, you know, when we when we got on top, I think, you know, when we smelled victory, the, the lads went for it. So, um, 
you know, we w- within the camp, th- it wasn't that doom and gloom because we knew we were going uh, reasonably well. And if we could hold the heads, that this hopefully would turn. And, and look, we're, we're, you know, I was saying here a couple of weeks ago that we backed ourselves into a corner and now we're trying to get out of that corner. We're not out of it yet. But uh, at least two victories, hopefully, will will set the tone. But look, all we can do now is go away and, and get ready for the meet match in two weeks' time up in Navin, another big game. And uh, we'll see then after that going into the last match. I suppose you'd have to be concerned about the way you were cut open, I suppose, for the three goals, really. Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll just have to go back and, and look at it there now uh, in... in, in in real time, particularly the two first goals, you know, the whole thing just seemed to open. I, I, we won't know, I won't know really until we go back and look at it now, what, what, what actually happened. John, does the break come at a good time or a bad time after two wins on the bounce? I think it comes at a good time because we're, we've had three, we've had three weeks now. Three, I think every team now is can do with the break. You know what I mean? And I think we'll be delighted to get the break now, and um, you know, Sunday upon Sunday and. and Last Sunday, last weekend in particular, was a very tough trip up to North for Manor. And I know myself there, I was probably wiped on Monday and it took a couple of days to get over it. And, you know, we got up on a Saturday. And uh, so I think everyone now will be delighted with the break. Did you put your finger on what changed between the first half and the second half? Uh, uh, not at the moment, no. Uh, I suppose the goal just before half time probably sucked the life out of us to a degree. It shouldn't have. We're still in a good position, um, but we, we were very. I suppose after working so hard uh, to to be in a good position, probably a point at half time wasn't a reflection of of how we were going. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was disappointing from our end. And uh, but still, we, we we had a very we obviously had an awful lot to fight for. Um, and just as a point that I suppose with, with the first ten minutes of the second half. You played some great stuff in the first half, to be fair, until the goal and injury time. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have created as many goal chances as what we got all year, so that was that was a positive. Um, but yeah, it's just it's very disappointing when, when they worked so hard to put themselves in in that position that for the first ten minutes that fight just didn't seem to be there to really go and. And, and regain it, I suppose. But you know, throughout it was a massive effort in the first half to give ourselves that that um, that one point lead. And I say it was probably just disappointing that we were we were only a point up at half time. The goal itself, like obviously, it was a, a straight hand pass, but were you disappointed it had to be so open then for the counter attack from that? Ah, well, every game, every goal you give away, you'd be disappointed with, you know. So um, we're probably hoping to get get a shot off ourselves and and. Um, we didn't, and, and we, we suffered that, the counterpunch then. Was the impact of their goal maybe a sign of confidence being extremely low in the camp? I do. At this stage, Richard, yeah, the confidence would be would be very low going into it, and you're looking for, for anything to uh, to give you an opportunity, anything to feed off really, and and um, you know, sucker, a sucker punch like that doesn't doesn't help. But still, I say we, we were in a, in a good position at half time, and you'd be disappointed then that that. Didn't didn't really kick on in that second half, um, so it, it it drifted away from us really. Panic set in a little bit. Those kind of maybe ambitious passes, trying to chase the game a little bit, and actually get them opportunities at the counter attack and get a couple more scores as well. Yeah, it could could be that. Yeah, Look, these fellas are so so keen and so anxious to try and try and get away and trying to get things right. And you're right, maybe it's 
it's a case of, of maybe trying stuff <coughs> to <coughs> just to try and give us something to work on <coughs> or to work for <coughs> um, and, and like that yeah as, as, as you say when you're trying those things probably not, not the right option but you have to pray the fellas for, for trying to do something and, and trying to trying to, to be positive in what it is that they're doing was that what had uh, the way, an indication of the way you were trying to play that? Well, it, it was an improvement of what we've been doing previously. Danny played as somebody that hasn't scored a goal in a long time, but when he looked really bright in the first half, obviously he set up the first goal and then a great goal himself, and he's somebody that if you could get more of it, maybe he could be a real handful for any game. Ah, yeah, yeah, and the, 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 the plan now is to, I suppose, get, get the bodies right that aren't right at the moment and, and try and get... Um, Try and get things right. We've, we've done a goal now in, in, in two weeks, so we work ourselves towards that. The injuries didn't help today. Is it a bad one for Ben McCormick for here as well? And Darren's hamstring as well, and Ben's are very heavy as well? Yeah, yeah, it's really, I suppose, when it, when it rains are pores, but you know, they're, they're, they're issues that all teams have to deal with. Um, you know, it's unfortunate in Ben, he was having a great game last week, but uh, we'll see how he is in, in time. Um, but you know we'll, we'll have a have a big focus in getting getting everybody right. But at the same time, it's it's opportunities for fellas, and and we'd like to think that fellas will take them when they come. You know. Is there a chance that we'll have a chance of getting back for a championship before that? Uh, it's probably a bit early at this stage, Jerry. To, to be honest, you know. What's the mood like after that? Like, is there some hope from the first half, or how how was the feeling like in the first? Ah, for huge disappointment. You know, we're 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 not delusional. Um, we we'd be. Any game you lose after after every game, these fellas are hugely disappointed. So it's it's we all are very disappointed. So um, at this stage, we're, we're we're looking at trying to get positives out of games. Um, I suppose there was a few positives last week, and there was some more today. And and we'll we'll try and focus on those and make them better. A lot of stuff that we need to negate, um, and spend a lot of time trying to do that as well. Is it positive that you fought back to, to get it so close near the end? Yeah, well, you'd expect you'd expect lads to, to, to battle away and, and do what they can do. And um, it, it, it was Sonny Mark of these fellas, really. That, that's, that's the kind of attitude that they have, you know. Have you seen enough, Glenn, in the last bits of the last two games and behind closed doors that you're confident the title turn? Well, if these fellas... If you can judge them on anything, it's just their 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 will and their their desire to try and get it right. Um, and any any time you have that 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 desire and, and drive to, even though it doesn't, the results aren't reflective of that. Every one of them are, are, are doing anything that they can do to try and improve the situation. It's it's not improving. We are getting we are getting better. Um, but you know. I, I'd have nothing but admiration for the way these fellas just apply themselves in, in trying circumstances, really. Look at there, there's worse things, worse, worse things going on in, in people's lives than this. But it's difficult for them because this is their life, really. This is what they put the, all their time and effort into. Um, and you'd love to see them getting, getting some, some bit of a return out of it. Um, we didn't today. We tried very hard to. But we'll, we'll knuckle down and try and get it right for the next day. Jer McCarthy joins me now to discuss that Cork win against Kildare today. Jer, it was, I hate the cliched phrase, a game of two halves, but it seems like that's very much what it was out there today. 
Um, absolutely, Sarah. Uh, really, really disappointing first half display from from Cork today, um, and things were looking not looking good with Kildare getting in for two very, very easy goals. Um, and it was just before half time when Cork were down um, and looking looking lethargic, looking sluggish when they broke from their own half. Uh, Matty Taylor racing up the field, fed corner back Tommy Walsh, and he found the back of the net. That lifted the whole group. It lifted the, the fans inside the stadium, and it, it Cork went in in much better shape. And in the second half, they did certainly kick on. They were far, far better in the second period. And I suppose one of the good positives to take from today's game, Sarah, is not just that Cork have won, but the fact that they've had so many different scorers. Connor Corbett, Tommy Walsh, Brian O'Driscoll, Chris Oak-Jones, Colm O'Callaghan, Brian Hurley, Roy McGuire, and Kevin Flav all getting on the score sheet um, a good array of scores and not over a line to one or two people to get over the line but a 2.15 to 3.9 win it was it was a very very important win for Cork but I suppose on the negative side of things uh, the fact that Kildare got in for two goals and a penalty in the second half it's something to work on heading into their final two league matches but look coming into today what Cork wanted to do more than anything was get the victory and John Cleary uh, and his team certainly did that yeah, I suppose you mentioned their issues defensively, but maybe a particular silver lining, would you say, was Brian O'Driscoll's performance today? Yeah, spot on. I mean, the, the, he's former Tyg McCarrick pair now with Carrigaline, transferred to Carrigaline for the coming uh, season. Um, he kicked three points, Brian O'Driscoll, uh, at, uh, especially early on when Cork were really struggling in front of goal. He got two of those scores and they were very important at that time. But just his work rate and he popped up all over the the field if he wasn't on on one of the two wings um, drawing defenders out of position he was in the back line instigating attacks and just up and down the pitch he's he's injury free which is fantastic to see and he's certainly been one of John Cleary's you know most go-to guys he's, he leans on O'Driscoll quite a lot he's played most of the minutes I would imagine if not all of this year's National League and he was very very important as was Conor Corbett the young Clyder Rovers full forward um, he got one too and played really really well whenever he was in pos- in possession and it was a day bright Hurley was very very closely marked and Stephen Sherlock kind of came on very late and didn't really have a chance to influence the game and they'd be two of Cork's go-to forwards down through the years but it was good to see Corbett and Chris Oak-Jones and the Ive Leary forward let's give him some credit as well because he played particularly well getting he got three points as did midfielder Colin McCallaghan and the Aero man as well himself and Ian McGuire another good outing Um, and as I said even though Brian Hurley was well marked he managed to get two points on the board look overall very important day for Cork to get this victory and I suppose when they needed their key players to stand up uh, on a very important day as I said they did that today and I mentioned as well for Tommy Walsh who got that goal just before half time you kind of feel that that was maybe what turned the tide in Cork's favour as far as carrying that more positive momentum into the second half yeah, and I mean, let's not forget um, that Tommy Walsh, the Cantorque man, is a cornerback um, and himself and Kevin Flav. Kevin Flav got a point today, the other cornerback, so maybe we're onto something here that Cork <laughs> haven't been doing. Maybe utilising their cornerbacks their, their further up the pitch. But look, the fact that Walsh was there in injury time in the first half absolutely sprinting from his deep from his own goal line practically to get up to the other end of the pitch just shows how important this game was for Cork today and he finished the game like for a cornerback he finished it very very well um, and it was the boost Sarah that Cork needed they definitely were struggling they were not anywhere near as good as they were the previous week above, above and for mana and you know Kildare were, were, were buoyant Kildare were certainly um, very, very encouraged by that first half performance. Why wouldn't they be? Um, like they went in two, three to one, five up at the break. Had they not conceded that goal, as manager Glenn Ryan said, who knows? They might have been able to kick on in the second half. But it was Cork who up through the, went up through the gears. It was Cork who kicked um, in that second half. Um, 
what was it they got they were, they were 2-5 to 1-3 down at half time they got 12 points in the second half one twelve actually that's a great return considering um, you know their struggles in front of goal for most of the year but look all around really really good performance still a lot to work on and uh, now there is a break to the Mead and the Armagh games their final two, two league matches and they're going to have to work very very hard in defence definitely because the manner in which Kildare opened them up for their two goals in the first half uh, Kevin Feely and Daniel Flynn was very very or sorry, Alex Byrne was very very worrying so look there's, there's lots of positives to take from today but certainly a lot to work on too which John Cleary in fairness admitted Yeah I suppose that's the thing it's it's all well and good being able to score but you have to be able to keep them out as well on the other end so I suppose going forward with the, the next couple of games coming up do you think that is their biggest area to work on or do you think it's more the consistency of performance? It's both um, we've been crying out for consistency but in fairness John Cleary would tell you prior to the Fermanagh victory um, Cork had lost narrow games to Louth and to Cavan games that they could very easily just uh, just as easily have won the opening day against Donegal they were blown away by a very very good Donegal team and they admitted that but the consistent levels of performance are rising as the weeks go past they are finding it hard to, to, to shake teams off but I think they showed last week above in Fermanagh especially with that Morris Shanley late goal and certainly today the fact that they were able to kick 17 scores now Kildare it has to be put into perspective Kildare bottom of division 2 they haven't won a game they're in a lot of trouble on and off the pitch um, but at the same time you can only beat what's put in front of you and the first half Kildare for most of it were, were the better team to be able to pick yourself up at half time to be able to come back and deliver a second win in a row I suppose the key word here Sarah is momentum the momentum that Cork will need but they'll definitely need to tighten up in defence because they're coming up against with the respect to, to Kildare much improved attacks in me than Armagh in their final two league matches and look there's a lot to play for uh, it's wide open in Division 2 as we said still at the moment but look the relegation fears are certainly eased with that result today and I suppose the biggest thing for Cork is that they're looking forward and not over their shoulders as much as they have been in recent weeks definitely an improvement on the consistency but they certainly certainly going into the Mead and Armagh games they've got to tighten up at the back and they know that Absolutely lots to lots to look forward to and lots to work on as well thanks so much Ger, for being on the sidelines for us as always Talk soon Okay, moving on from that Cork game now, let's do a quick rewind to yesterday's game between Castlehaven and Douglas in the McCarthy Insurance Football League Division 1. Castlehaven won that game on a scoreline of 112 to Douglas 2-7 and Castlehaven's manager Shawnee Cahillan spoke to Dermot McCarthy about getting a win from his first game in charge. Okay, Shawnee Cahillan, I would imagine there's a bit of relief just getting that first competitive game under the belt as the new Castlehaven senior manager, but more importantly than anything, you got a performance today and you got a win. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Look, I suppose we're a bit on unknown territory coming here today. Um, we have very little done um, just because I suppose look, we ran into 2024 with the Ireland semi-final and it was only eight weeks ago. So look, we, we, we gave the lads a good break and we were away on a team holiday and stuff as well. So um, from a training aspect, we were um, limited enough coming in here today. So um, to come away with the win, we're absolutely delighted, you know. Yeah, the Douglas really put it up to you today. I mean, you must be pleased one thing with the win, but to get that kind of an effort and a tough, hard game from a really talented team like Douglas, um, that would bring you on as well. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, look, we knew that we would get nothing easier today. We know Paul Hanlon is, is a great coach, and um, we knew he, he had the team well-organised and well-structured, and we knew going today that they'd be very hard to break down, and I suppose the conditions this time of the year, well, it was a fine day today. The pitch was very heavy. There's a lot of rain here all week, and uh, so, look, the lads, the lads found a very difficult in the first half and especially get up the gear because I suppose we've been training all along in the sand base pitch and we're after moving into a soft pitch there and uh, it's a big it's a big difference so um, the, lad, the lads were struggling especially at half time just to, to get a head up of steam but uh, in all fairness they, they, um, they came strong there in the second half 
these are big boosts you're, you, you've stepped into, but you've had a good look at it the last couple of years when James McCarthy was in charge. But being the main man now, being the man calling the shots, I mean, you're obviously something you wanted to do and you're looking forward to it, but uh, how, how happy are you that you've got a, a set of players around you now that you know they can deliver again? 100%. Look, it's, uh, it's all about the, the panel and look, the, the team that uh, James built last year from um, tactical side of things and uh, uh, stats side of things. He brought in a massive team, so he uh, he built a great team and I only kind of took on the, it was kind of the structure was there nearly as, as is so it was it was easy enough to, to walk into it um, so look, uh, look James gave, gave great service over the last four years and he left no, no stone unturned and he's left a great club in a, in a great position so uh, I'm looking forward to the year and uh, as I said look we'll see we'll take it game by game and that's, that's the way we'll approach it Excellent so Shani we'll talk to you throughout the year Super Joe thanks Let's hear now from Douglas manager Brian Collins he also shared his post-match thoughts with Ger. I'm here with Douglas Senior Football Manager Brian Collins just after their narrow defeat Castlehaven in the McCarthy Insurance Group County Division 1 league game in Moneyville and Brian first of all obviously disappointment but a lot to take from that performance Definitely huge positives there um, we, we came down here with I suppose expectations of, of definitely uh, putting in a performance and, and giving Castlehaven a, a rattle um, we knew they wouldn't have a whole lot done but they were definitely going to be sharp given that um, they played an all in the final only in the last couple of months um, so, so they obviously have a lot done and, and um, look standard attitude uh, everything we want from the group was, was, was right there um, and I thought we gave it a right rattle and we were close Yeah you were well in that game towards the end they did get a late scoring surge which seemed to get them over the line but you, you got two opportunistic goals and you take those goals and you get those chances but your work rate especially in the bench and the younger players that came on you must be pleased with that Yeah 100% and, it, and it's all we can ever ask for as a minimum is, is that work rate that effort um, give what you have for the jersey uh, and, and I think the lads especially the lads who came off the bench yeah, they, they made a huge impact and, and that's what we're looking for you know we want 20, 21 players every time we go for a game and, and not just the 15 starting It's only the first game of the league so you're not going to really answer this question for me yet but what are the expectations for this group this year because you've been knocking on the door for the last couple of years it's just when the business end of the Premier Senior Football Championship with respect it just seemed to it doesn't seem to work for you um, I mean it's obviously something you're aware of but what's realistic ambition for Douglas in the senior Premier Senior this year? I don't think we really set our expectations too high because it's not good for the group but I suppose what we take it on is we give it our best effort every single week that we go out um, and we keep improving I, I think we will get to the top table of, of Cork football it may take time it may not happen this year maybe in a couple of years time um, but what we're trying to do is, is set that foundation for years to come to make sure that we're competing every single year at that level Excellent stuff thanks for your time Thanks sure. Thanks, Thanks, we are switching to rugby now just before the break because Munster played their final game to be hosted at Virgin Media Park this season on Friday night. In a high-scoring game, it was Munster who emerged victorious in the end. The final score was Munster 45 to Zebra 29 and Aoife O'Callaghan spoke to Munster boss Graham Merntree after the game. Good, I suppose, Graham. Just sum up that game for us. Good five-pointer. Um, played some rugby. And got a bit loose. Uh, 21 turnovers, conceded five penalties in the last 15 minutes. Um, and at the end there, you're thinking, great, they're not going to kick. We don't need anyone in the backfield, we need like, a front door defending. Um, and fair, fair play to them as well. We knew they can play, we knew they're dangerous off counter attack. Um, but no, I take the win. I take the, the good stuff. Um, there we go. Kind of a similar feeling as the Scarlet. Don't game. say that. I knew you'd say that. 
Oh, I was trying to raise that. It suddenly got that way, didn't it? At the end there. Mm. It suddenly got that way. No, we can't... We use the word ruthless, Simon. It's a word I used at half-time down in Scarlet's. Half-time in Scarlet's. We scored a couple of good tries and we... Oh, this is all right. We just we went away from our plan. We weren't ruthless enough. It's a word we've used in the last couple of weeks. Same applies tonight. Mm. I just said it to the lads there. That wasn't ruthless enough. But we played some cracking rugby. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll take the, the five points. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we're going to eradicate some of the, the loose things that we're doing. How much of that comes down to like the, the amount of multi-phases you were playing, maybe on six, seven, eight phases? I know that's part of what Munster do, but like, our mistakes kind of baked into that to a certain extent. Do you know what it is, Tom? It's what more look will do. Because somebody in the chain of the ones that have got a couple of offloads away you don't have to do that one more ruck will do one more ruck will punch we'll punch that we'll play off that sometimes then we think oh I'll try that little extra tip inside it gets banged I'll try that sweep Stephen Archer gets knocked back behind you know that's when you you get a bit too loose that's not ruthless you should be good on phase attack that's how, that's how we train but we don't practice those little decisions in training that makes sense was there an element of kind of like almost like chasing the big score almost because it, it seemed like there was holes being punched? It, yeah, they see RG doing what RG can do. There's only RG, there's only one bloke in the world can do some of his offloading. Then it doesn't mean I can do it just because he's done it. You know, we still be respectful. You've got to earn the right, you've got to go forward. And some, sometimes you just one more rook. Uh, one of the messages at half time, lads, just stick to the plan. One more rook in the score zone. Can I ask you about a couple of individuals, Ruan Quinn? What a try. Tries. He won't score his second one like that, will he? Just catching the ball from the exit line. He's a bit unfortunate with his yellow card. He's, he, he came off his feet. He didn't show a lot of balance there whilst trying to poach the ball. You know, he's a powerful runner. We use him on the edge of the field well, as we do Tom. But he's close in work. His contact, his punch, he's really come on. I'm delighted with how he's progressing. Yeah. And Mike Haley looked quick, didn't he? Long time out of out of action, waited a long time for his seasonal debut, and, and he's hit, hit the ground running. These new hips he's got are much faster than the old ones. <laughs> he's, he's, no, he's moving well. I was delighted for him. He had a lot of ball tonight, didn't he? And, and played a good amount of the game. In fact, he played most of the game. Um, at the end, there we couldn't get bet on uh, quick enough. Found delight for him. It's been a tough eight months for him. And he's just got progressively quicker and sharper. He was a bit banged up after the Quinns game last week. He's a bit sore, didn't do a lot in the training week. But he looked sharp there tonight. Uh, how were uh, uh, Tom O'Hearn and uh, RG coming off? They were okay? They were all right, yeah. yeah. yeah precautionary. RG uh, was just still trying to build, build the engine, build his mileage up. Same in training as well. Um... Crikey, he made that break and he blew a gasket, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He couldn't get rid of the ball quick enough. Um, Tom was just precautionary. Tom had a bit of a back spasm in the warm-up. But the ability to have Gav moving into the road later on in the game is a real luxury for us, so we did that. For precautionary, I, I, like, I like the concept of my back rowers, particularly my eights, being able to go into the road. It um, allows a lot more flexibility on the bench. Because essentially he plays like a second row anyway, in phase play, does yeah. he have, yeah? he yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, you won't see him on the edge of the field, he's punching holes in the middle. 
he had the likes of Ruin and Kendall on the edge. And Jack, uh, sorry, John Hodnett, for example, on the edge as well. Foley here with you until seven o'clock. Now, as I reported earlier in the roundup, City obviously managed to get the the better of United in that Manchester derby today. Phil Foden scored twice in the second half, which means he played an absolutely massive role in that win. And he spoke to Sky Sports News after the game. That's my aim, you know, to turn up in the big games. That's what I want to do, and I think this season I'm proving that. So, yeah, I just need to keep working hard on the training pitch and keep putting performances like that in. So, so yeah, just keep working hard. And in fairness to Eric Tenhag, he, when he spoke to Sky Sports News after the game, he said that he honestly couldn't have too many complaints about the end result. We had two players on the pitch. They were uh, so not 100%. Uh, Johnny Evans and Marcus Rashford. And they gave everything as the whole team gave everything. And I think the performance is very good. Only, of course, we are disappointed with the score. Certainly a big result for City there. Now, I promised earlier that I would be discussing the Bahrain Grand Prix on this evening's show. And the time has come. And I have three main headlines for you. And I wonder if you can guess which teams they're about. The first one is the more things change, the more they stay the same. And no prizes for guessing that that is about Red Bull. By lap seven, Max Verstappen had built up a five second gap to George Russell behind him. We were hoping we came into the season with maybe misplaced hope and overhyped hope that some of the teams, at least some of them, would have taken a better chunk out of the gap between Red Bull and the rest of the field. But unfortunately, it doesn't look as yet from the initial signs um, that that is going to be the case for the 2024 season. And it does look like there will be a significant amount of Red Bull dominance, particularly Max Verstappen dominance over the course of the 2024 season, which is, of course, the longest season that Formula One has ever had. Verstappen, in the end, ended up having two free pit stops, essentially, and Perez did finish behind him, but there was a 20-second gap between the two by lap 54, and on the final lap, the gap between the drivers was at 22.461 seconds. So look... It's not what we hoped for, as I say. Maybe maybe we were just being too optimistic, but I think all we can do is continue to put our positive energy behind these other teams. Ferrari did look good towards the middle part of the weekend. Unfortunately, my second headline, Joe McCarthy, will, will not be a big fan of, of some of this. Ferrari recovered to score a solid points tally. However... Charles Leclerc was struggling and that is concerning because he looked to have a sluggish start in the first place, started on the the front row of the grid. He was being quickly passed by Russell, lined up by Perez and it turned out that he was struggling so badly because he was having a differential between the temperatures of his brakes that was up at about 100 degrees. Now, that is a very difficult that is a very difficult situation technically to deal with as a driver, but it caused him so many lockups, particularly when he was under pressure from Perez in the Red Bull. And at one point, signs came over the radio saying that he had more pace than those in front of them. One of those being his teammate who was right in front of him. He was told, okay, good to know, which was an interesting radio message, I think it's fair to say, but not out of character completely for Ferrari. 
one would have thought that it would make sense to swap them at that point. It didn't happen until lap 11 and it was done on pure race pace without team orders. Leclerc looked to be on skates and Carlos Sainz passed him not once, but also for a second time. And it's unfortunate, obviously, that Leclerc had that technical issue with his brakes. Again, he was he was on the radio to the team quite a lot. Unfortunately, there wasn't much that they were able to do for him. But I, it did come it did come good later on in the race. He got on top of his braking issues enough to creep up to the back of George Russell and completely capitalised on a mistake from George Russell going too deep into turn eleven on lap forty six, and he got into P four. Now, I think Ferrari in general will have been happy to have had a podium the first race of the season for sure. Will they have perhaps been have expecting more based on how well qualifying had gone? I think probably. And I think they'll be hoping that Leclerc, maybe going forward in scenarios where he is dealing with something difficult like that, is a bit more calm. And I think it's there's been interesting conversations happening over the past 24 hours about whether losing Carlos Sainz, who people seem to believe is a bit more level-headed and calm in difficult situations will be tricky in comparison. There's a lot of comparison happening right now between Leclerc and Sainz. Obviously, Leclerc staying with Ferrari for the long term. Sainz losing his seat to Lewis Hamilton, who's coming into the team in 2025. Speaking of Lewis Hamilton, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? He reported that his race seat was broken, which can only have been extremely uncomfortable. They were both suffering also. Both Mercedes were suffering per power unit overheating issues and even Russell was told just to not use the overtake button at one point Lewis had drained his battery to 1% it was it was tricky again I think similar to the Ferraris they had a tricky time and it was not just an issue with the Mercedes cars themselves but the teams that use Mercedes power units were also having trouble Alex Albon's Williams started to scream at him around lap 25 that the car was running too hot and Williams of course run a Mercedes power unit so it was understandable that they would experience similar problems I think a couple of honourable mentions from the race huge disappointment for Nico Hulkenberg who had a coming together with Lance Stroll and Valtteri Bottas at the first corner ended up pitting immediately for hard tyres and a front wing repair. He had, I would say, outperformed his Haas car before that and I think he hopefully will be able to to continue that momentum going forward. Bottas had an extremely long pit stop on lap 32, 52 seconds. It doesn't get anywhere near his, his longest ever record for the longest ever pit stop, but nonetheless, always very difficult for the driver in that scenario. And... What was happening at the end between the RBs, Racing Bulls slash V-Carbs? A very irate Yuki Tsunoda did bow to team orders, allowing Daniel Ricciardo to go past him to have a go at the house of Kevin Magnussen. Ricciardo ultimately was unable to make the overtake happen, which of course further fed his teammates' frustration. And then there was that very bizarre cool-down lap strange overtake situation that, that Yuki tried to pull off to express his, his irritation and then those comments from Daniel Ricciardo about Sonoda being immature afterwards there's there's a lot of work I think is going to have to go into that relationship it, there's definitely there's a lot to be done there 
certainly no shortage of headlines. I haven't even addressed the biggest off-track headline that was going on throughout the weekend that is that is marring the sport at the moment. There's a lot to talk about, not all of it positive. Let's I keep using the word hope, but what else can we do at this point? Stay tuned. We're going to Saudi Arabia for the next Grand Prix and I'm sure there will be lots of headlines from there as well. But for now, we are moving back to rugby and we're looking ahead to next Saturday because we may have had a break in the Six Nations this weekend, but there is a huge game coming up against England in Twickenham next Saturday. And Ashing O'Reilly from Off the Ball has been speaking to Irish attack coach Mike Catt. I'm just on the atmosphere there today. Like there's been plenty of talk about the Aviva and the atmosphere, and a lot of people say it's because the tickets are maybe too expensive for the normal fan, or it's very corporate. It was nice to have that opportunity today. But do you think overall there should be something done that all fans can enjoy? Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's not for me to say. To be honest, you know, we get, we get on and do our little bits and pieces. I'm sure it's brewing in the background. You know, like you say, it's been mentioned before, so. You know, hopefully that something's going to be be, be produced in um, you know in the near future. But when the crowd do get going, I know our away support has been unbelievably good, you know, especially in the World Cup and stuff. So um, yeah, I think it's 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 something that everybody needs to address, I suppose, and we'll see what happens. And back to back grand slams never been achieved before. Is it something that the the team embraced? Well, I suppose it's, it's again, it's the same old cliche that everybody says. It's a game by game. You know, this England side that we're coming up against um, next week, or dangerous side, we know they're, they, they're capable of doing things. So um, it's making sure that we take our next step, and the next step is, is England at Twickenham. So that's all we're going to focus on at the moment. And Ashling also had the chance to chat with Kieran Frawley about his first start for Ireland and what it means to his family. Yeah, Kieran, just you mentioned your granddad there. It must be massive for your family to be able to, to see it go out there and start for and get a try as well. They obviously feel the hard work you put in. Yeah, of course, like any family really, isn't it? Like they, they go through all the hard days and uh, the upset that you go through, but also from the very start, bringing you out to back arse and nowhere really in, in the middle of the country playing the mini games. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's credit to them as well. So it's a lot of hard work they've put in for me. Um, so it means a lot for me to go out there and represent them as well. Brilliant. And there was so much talk about your versatility, you know, in the media and that as well. Do you feel like it's really stood to you now that you're, you are this versatile player? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think the the way the modern game is going, um, having versatile players will always work when it comes to, like, a 6-2 split. And you saw it in South Africa testing out with 7-1. So, look, you always want to push to start. And I'll always train to be a starter, you know, but... Uh, if it comes to a tight call or whatever, and you can fill in on the bench, um, like you'll take that because you always want to be involved in the big games, you know. What was the nerves like end of the game? Uh, to be honest, I'm quite a chilled kind of person, so I was fine when it, before the game. But it's just at the start of the week, getting across all your detail. It's the detail that's the most important thing because once you do, you're all you know, you're all. Then it's just being a rugby player when you get out there. A very exciting prospect ahead for that game next week. You would you would think on form certainly that Ireland would be would be able to take a victory in that one, but Twickenham is a tricky place to go and that England team will always be up for a game against Ireland, so let's see what happens. We are circling back to GA now because in Division One football Kerry were victorious against Tyrone today in Killarney. 
They won on a scoreline of 18 points to one goal and 11 points. And off the balls, Tommy Rooney has the full-time report. It is full-time in Fitzgerald Stadium, Killarney, and Kerry have beaten Tyrone by four points on a scoreline of 18 points to 111 in this Round 5 Division 1 clash. In a game that was littered with handling errors and mistakes, Kerry won today without having to come out of second gear. David Clifford kicked eight points, including two from play, whilst Paddy Clifford and Sean O'Shea hit three points from play also. Tyrone came into this game chasing their third league win in a row against Kerry, but outside of the opening ten minutes, where they took a three points to one lead, they never looked like making that happen. Kieran Daly's late goal added a bit of gloss to the scoreline, but Tyrone won't be happy with a lot of their shooting decisions today. They hit ten wides, they hit the post, and dropped two shots short also. Kerry will be happy to have parked last week's defeat to Dublin and head into the two-week break now on six points alongside Dublin and Mayo and just behind Derry. They're still in the mix for the league final. Full-time for Cheryl Stadium and it's Kerry who have beaten Tyrone by four points, 18 points to 111. Let's hear from each of the teams now. Here is Kerry boss Jack O'Connor speaking to Tommy after the game. Jack O'Connor, 17 points to 111 win against Tyrone today. A little bit better after last week's showing against Dublin. Ah, uh, yeah, that wouldn't be hard, no, Tommy. Um, you know, we, it was a no-show last week. A decent show this week. Uh, still a bit of room for improvement, I would say. Yeah. You kind of came alive a bit after that row underneath the stand about 15 minutes into the game. Did, did you think you needed that bit of a kick? No, I'm late as the Tyrone boys that come alive <laughs> when they're all starts, but uh, maybe so. Jack, what would you been happy with today? Because uh, some of your forwards, Paddy, Shawnee, David Clifford, got a couple of nice scores from play. Is that what you were looking for today? I was just, look, overall, we were just looking for a better all-round display. The energy and the effort wasn't there last week, and maybe the structure as well. We worked, we worked on it during the week. We're, we, 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 we're partly the way there, but I wouldn't say we're, the, we're where we want to be, yes. But yeah. uh, much better today. Bringing in Sean O'Brien and Adrian Splant to that middle third, is that something you were looking at, kind of shoring up in the middle? Oh, well, they're two big athletes, and uh, they've you know, been waiting their chance, so... Look, that's what the name of the game is. We've got a lot of injuries at the minute, uh, as as does every team. But uh, great that some new guys got, got game, game time today. Final one for you. Uh, 20 years ago, obviously, Carl McNallan passed away. You would have been manager back then. What do you remember back then? I just remember that it was a huge shock to everybody. You know, a man taken away in the prime of his life. And, uh, you know, the way that... I wouldn't know him, obviously, as well as the Tyrone boys know him, the way they would talk about him. He's a legendary figure in Tyrone, and uh, I'd like to remember him today and, and, and just wish his family well. He, he was a great man, and I think his legacy lives on. And uh, when you hear the way players like Sean Cabinet talks about him, like it, it shows the mark he left. And correction to that scoreline there, as per Tommy's audio, it was, in fact, 17, not 18 points, to one goal and 11 points. But finally, here's Tyrone selector Colly Holmes, who gave his post-match thoughts. Colly Holmes, Tyrone selector, a four-point defeat today. A long road back up. You've had a bit of joy against carrying the league in the last couple of seasons, but just not today. Some things you're happy with and some things you're probably disappointed with? Yeah, listen, you know, there's a lot to take out of that. Um, we were always within a score or two. Um, Kerry pushed on five minutes to the half. You know, that was the most damaging. There's always a sort of tipping point or a seesaw moment in the game. You know, when we were point for point and then all of a sudden we looked up and we were five behind. Got things settled at half time. You win the second half by a point, but really damage was done then. We, we dropped a few short, took a few bad options and shots, and they come down. And we're very clinical with a fairly strong breeze behind them. So, you know, we'll look at that six or seven minutes, probably most detail. Uh, how good a view did you have of that row under the stand there? Because that seemed to kick Kerry into life a little bit after 15 minutes. 
Yeah, well, it, I suppose it gave us a bit of a shot too. You know, it was a bit sleepy, I suppose, for both teams in the first 20 minutes, maybe word, not. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and maybe an earlier start than that too. But no, it certainly got a few heckles up, you know. We've been on, on the wrong side of a few hearts, the third man ball, third man in sort of stuff. So maybe they'll have a look at it, I don't know. But I was over in the far side and they didn't really get a duke at it. But, you know, for the characters running in and then three boys getting yellows, listen, that could be dealt with. And then maybe after that, I thought we'd push on, but I actually didn't, you know. Um, sometimes we get our heckles up, sometimes Kerry get their heckles up. But uh, half time sort of took the sting out of it. Um, but no, listen, it's good to bury your teeth now and again. Yeah, I was saying to myself, I didn't get a great view of it. I was, I was the far side too, so we'll have to we'll have to play that card. Um, in terms of the league at the minute, so it's, it's two wins and, and three defeats. How are you reading into that? Because obviously you're not completely safe relegation danger yet, but you're getting some bodies back on the field too. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing is, you know, we're very honest about where we are. We are where we are. Um, you know, we're in four points and we need to get to six, seven, eight, um, you know, to be ultimately safe. And there's a lot of teams in our, in our boats, competitive division. We're, we're trying to, you know, get you lads used to this level of football, the conditioning, the recovery, the preparation in between the weeks. We're trying to get older boys, older older bulls back, you know, out and, and, and into football as well. So it's that blend all the time. Um, so it doesn't mean that you know, as as the the older fellas come back, the younger fellas will be pushed to the side because they're holding their own. You know, we've had one point defeats, two point wins. We're there, they're about either side of it. Um, but you know, certainly we need to push on and get at least two or three points out of the next four. Yeah, uh, in terms of you would have obviously coached a lot and brought a lot of the younger lads through over the last couple of years, and in your job as well, you'd see a lot of the talent coming through in their own. Who do you think is starting to establish themselves now as senior in the county footballers? Because you've got quite a, a nice crew there coming through. Yeah, well, you have three or four lads, it's like lads. Obviously, you know, they've been exposed to a good high level of football. Um, you know, a, a lot of the t- lads are coming through from Grade One, from Grade One schools, from from senior champs, from senior clubs. Uh, you know, and well fit for it, um, and have been well fit for the two or three years, the twenties as well. You know, a couple of recent victories have, have helped us that. So. Without signing anybody out, but you know, there's a good blend. Um, and say, but they do need. You can't just flood them. You know, you do need the, the, those boys. Like Paddy Hamsey was immense today. You know, he stood up. He went toe to toe with the best, the best footballer in Ireland at the minute. It was a good contest. That loan was worth. You know, so whilst we're knocking up the road too, to spot, and there were certainly highlights in it. And for the lads to come down, you know, and, and to deal with the pace and the runners and the system that Kerry has, maybe not the best, but you know, we're, we're not we're not a million miles away either. Yeah, no, you can see that. It's probably been quite a disjointed couple of weeks because you, you are getting some bodies back you see Colin McShane and Kieran McGeary coming on late Petey Hart starts today and, and does he go off injured and, and does Con Kilpatrick go off injured as well yeah well I think they're more like a just tight strain Petey perhaps and, and Con maybe just put his foot in the hole I think it was nothing major um, so you know these things happen um, but you can look over your shoulder and as you said the two lads come in to get the game time under them so it's, it's getting I suppose as many men as we can get back out first this week rested um, and obviously then the back end of the panel who haven't maybe featured so much get them sharpened so then from next weekend we can blend it back together again and then it's all, all guns blazing to see who can get selected from on Yeah um, last week a lot of the talk would have been about the difference that it made having Darren McCurry up front with Darren Canavan do you know when they could just connect up front and they had a brilliant second half today it was nearly more individual moments how do you get that kind of connection going up front well, it, 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 listen, it, it, trying to get a connection when you're playing against Kerry, you know, that, that's going to be tight. You know, they're well handled. Kerry had a permanent sweeper, and perhaps maybe, you know, we, we talked about that half time about, you know, where's our extra man and how can we get him on the ball better? They were, last week they were getting first time ball in and in plenty of space. Today that probably just was, wasn't going to happen. Or maybe it was. We looked up a couple of times we could have put it in, but didn't. So, you know, that's certainly we need to look at it. If, if Kerry are going to drop their, their six back in, we had an extra man the whole way through. And when we put it through their hands and worked it fast, you know, we got, we got dividends. Then 
or finishing or a poor turnover then killed us and, and there's no better team in, in Ireland that kill you the other way than Kerry yeah well it's, it's, it's obviously early March and you've got those two big games to come Ulster Championship so close as well you know the likes of Kieran Daly is starting to establish himself Shawnee O'Donnell is, is as you mentioned uh, getting minutes too um, like you'd be happy enough with, with where you're at right now are you? yeah Connell Devlin in the corner and Wadey Clark took a bit of a knock as well you see he'd been going really well for us and, and Niall Devlin's established himself as well in there so you know there, there, there's five and six lads all under 23, 24 years of age Yeah, and that's no mean feat so again we want to get to the tipping point where we don't go too young um, because you know you need that steadiness as well so Matty out the background Frank Burns out the background you know the big lads to come back in and push in as well but you know when we get to the fire and, and the real heat of, of championship like it's some difference to what we're seeing today like you mentioned sleep earlier on like, how do you get the lads ready for that over the next couple of weeks? Well, you know, it's just it's just the next week, and, and that's your focus. And we break it down, and then you know, you, you know, the next two weeks is obviously to get them on hand, and that is 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 a season changer, you know, um, because if you're going to Crow Park to Dublin two weeks after that or a week after that, you know, that's going to be a huge huge, huge battle. But you know, Kerry Monaghan Dublin is a big finish to us then you get to the end of the league and you re-establish where you're at so acknowledge listen it's a great competition we want to stay obviously up in this top division um, and you know we'll do everything we can in these couple weeks to get there yeah Collie 20 years it's, it's, it's mad really when you think that Cornwall and Allen's tragically passed away this week 20 years ago obviously of your vintage you might have been a year or two older than him but he would have been your captain yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually I'm three years older, four years older than Cormac. Um, but you know, ironically, I live 200 yards from where the, the man's buried. I was out at his grave one time and saw a for sale sign, and I end up, you know, passing the grave every morning on the way to work on the way home, leaving the way trainings too. So when did you move in there? I'm out there now, 16, 17 years of the family, and, and a great place, great community, great place to live. Um, the kids, you know, they're all very happy. So uh, listen, he's had a big impact, and still does in throwing football. You know, we chatted about him obviously in the weekend in the Senate. Um, about who we are and who he was and you know we wouldn't want to be a million miles away from, from the great man he had a positive impact on, on everybody who he worked with everybody he coached everybody he played alongside friends and family um, and we want to make sure that, that the newer boys in who maybe don't look some of the lads maybe never born you know when Cormac was in his prime um, but we want to make sure that, that that stays live and fresh because you know that's really who we are you know what, what he was all about Yeah everyone's thinking about him this week around the country but I doubt he's ever far from your thoughts no, you know, Park Cormac and Eglish, three nights a week you'd be running kids to and from it for camogie and football practice and you know, and the Eglish club are very, very strong in keeping his memory alive and obviously his family are very close in the community too. So no, listen, he, you know, a sad, sad occasion, but you know, everybody in Ireland we're talking about him this weekend and then perhaps he maybe move off the lips, but no, certainly in, in Eglish and Tyrone, you know, he, he comes to our thoughts more regularly than that. Colly Holmes, thanks very much. Stay home today. Not a problem, thanks. That is everything I've got time for this evening, folks. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It's been Sarah McKenzie Foley with you here on The Big Red Bench. If you missed anything in the show or want to listen back, the podcast will be available shortly after I'm off air here. Make sure you turn into, you tune into, I should say, the World Indoor Championships in Glasgow to see the Irish interest in those races this evening. Very, very exciting times. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday.